What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. This is your host, Steve Hill, along with your other football host, Alex the Marine Rees, Matt Bear Kaczynski. Gentlemen, we are in full swing of NFL draft talk. We're going to take a deep dive into team draft strategies on this episode of our show, seeing as we are only two weeks away, basically, from the first round of the NFL draft. Um, it is smokescreen season. It is uh, lies and rumors season. Um, all of that leading to just <coughs> continuous NFL headlines, and we eat it up. It is definitely smokescreen season, that's for sure. Yep. That it is. So we will uh, we will get into that. We'll have a couple of uh, league-wide announcements to make as we start the show. But first, we'll get it started with our drink of the night, brought to you by our sponsors at String Sports Brewery. And I have myself a, uh, a DFP from Green Man Brewery here in Asheville, North Carolina. And the DFP stands for Damn Fine Pilsner. Okay. I like the creation. Fine Pilsner. That's what I've got. It's an interesting one. Matt, what's your flavor of water tonight? Uh, uh, Stick with Bud Bud Zero. Bud Zero for Matt. This this can work is great. I mean, it's just Budweiser, but it's all white. It's pretty cool. There you go. A white out. Little little white out can. There you go. It's not white for anybody that's asking. I don't know if Miami fans would appreciate that, but Penn State would. <laughs> That's fair. That's good. <laughs> what do you got, Alex? I am finishing a Magner's Irish Cider. Okay. Then, yeah, it's actually what really good. The hell is an Irish Cider? Magner's. No, no, no. But like, what is an Irish Cider? Like, is it a spiked cider? Yeah, it's a, it's an original cider. It's from 1935. Yeah, but is it spiked with Irish whiskey? Uh, no, it's, it's just called an Irish cider. I can't have whiskey anymore, man. No, but what I'm asking though is like, is it like, what 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 does an Irish cider mean? It's just what it's if it's an it's from Ireland. It's, it's just it's okay. In, it yeah. just happens to be Irish. Okay, I didn't know if it meant something different. Like you know, no, it's what it says. It's an imported Irish cider. All right, well there you go. You know, the and Irish then, have apples too. Yeah, and then I picked up a um. Ace California Guava Cider. What? Yeah, guava? I like I like guava, so I had to I had to try. I only got a can though because I wanted to try it, but it's it's made with Brazilian pink guava. So, all right, well there you go. That'll be your next thing to try. Yeah, that's, well I got it I got it right here because I'm about halfway through with the Magners in glass, and then I'm gonna have this Ace. So we'll see how it goes. All right, that literally sounds like the most extra cider I've ever heard in my entire life. Man, yeah, I got I can, listen. I can only drink so many things now, so I gotta I gotta keep it interesting. I'm with you. I, that I, is I gotta, true. I probably gotta put zero to something you know different. Yep, fair enough. All right, let's get into some of our news and notes from around the league to start off the show. Uh, some notable uh, signings, extensions, and trades. So first one we'll start off with is the one that everybody has kind of, I guess, put to the forefront, and that is the Ravens signing Odell Beckham Jr. to a one-year deal. What does that mean for the future of Lamar Jackson? I am, I'm 
I'm kind of uh, under the conclusion that all it means is that Lamar is maybe going to play on the franchise tag this year for the Ravens. I don't think it means a guarantee one way or another that he's getting traded, that he's getting a, an extension. I just think that it, it means he's probably going to play on the tag. What do you boys think about the Beckham signing and what that means for Lamar? Uh, I think the Ravens have one of the most expensive rentals of all time. Yeah, well, so the way that they did the deal, it was a one-year deal, but they tacked on four void years so that the cap hit is only $3.9 million instead of a full $15 million, which is guaranteed to them, which means that if they uh, void the contract after year one, there's an $11 million dead cap hit. So I mean, it's basically a one-year deal mm-hmm. worth $3.9 million towards the cap. Uh, he gets $15 million guaranteed because – 12 of it or whatever is a signing bonus. So they, they structured it away to where it wasn't a, a 15 or an $18 million cap hit, making it a less expensive one-year rental. But I get what you're saying. It's still really at the end of the day. I mean, I, I get the approach, but, I mean, that's a that's a pretty complicated one-year contract. Let's just be real here. I mean, that's like – Yeah, I mean, it doesn't move the needle to me. I mean, you got to see, you know, what kind of receiver – Beckham turns out to be for them. What do you think, oh, Alex? Yeah. Um, look, the, nobody thought he was going to get the deal that he got in terms of financials. Um, I mean, we all talked about that for a couple weeks, right? Had to do. Yep. He wanted fifteen to twenty mil. Well, the deal he's got now is fifteen up to eighteen. So, yeah, I mean, um, I think he's the only free agent right now that that said I want this and and got it. So. Uh, power to him, power to his agent. It just goes to show you that the power the agents do have. Um, <laughs> yeah, they can get deals done. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, that's that's one way of looking at it. I hey, think, Lamar, maybe you should take some notes. Right. I think uh, I, I think that you know that it definitely helps out in that situation. Um, a lot, a lot flew under the radar in terms of this deal because he was he had already confirmed and made the announcement that he was going to MetLife uh, yesterday to get a physical and meet with Jets. So um, Ravens kind of came in as an unknown team and swept them off the deal real quick. So, yeah, um, you know, I think it's a smart play by them. I'm not a fan of void years. I've said that since since COVID when they, they started doing that bullshit. Yeah, all it does is just kick forever. a bunch of dead money down I, the road. I know they've been around forever, but nobody really used them until then. And now it's just this abusive tool where, I, oh, I can go yep. and get the best players and build a super team for as little against the cap as I want because I'm just going to add five or six void years onto a contract and it doesn't affect the team. So. Yeah, but let's. Be- I, I think no. I think there needs to be some regulation to that. Like you can only Who's have, for though. You know, like I think a team can only have ten void years on on a contract at any given time, maximum across the roster. Like I think that needs. I mean, you know, they need to do something to limit them from doing that because the Saints did it and ended up like 180 mil over the cap. My okay, but I guess my point being here is what the Rams were like the only team that's had any success of basically building a quote unquote dream team. Other than that, it doesn't work because well, I mean, it, and it's it's costing the Rams now because yeah. of cap That's situations and so like, they went all in. They went all in for a season and got it and then collapsed. So yeah, I guess um, being as I agree with you, Alex, because I do think that that actually is probably a really good idea and should be something the NFL should strongly look into. I mean, yeah, it's just like, I, it's, like, I, know, I, I, get it, right? I know it's a mechanic. I know that that's going to happen, but let's let's limit their ability to do it so much. 
it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just some, a, it's an abusive tool at this point. Exactly. It just it, it, when it that's like something where you go, okay, you are a special player, and you fit our team, but we don't have the cap, and we need you now because you're the last miss. Like it can be used in a great way, and it's like, okay, cool. Hey, that's a savvy move. But when it becomes everybody's doing it, it's not savvy anymore. It's just. Well, it's not. It doesn't become savvy because it's the flavor of the month. But it, down the road, it ham it, it it handcuffs teams because if they do need to move on from a player, you're talking about much larger dead cap. And hits. On, yeah. so, so, how many teams really do really really do it? There's only been a handful at the end of the day. I mean, and look, and, and, and since we're talking about the terms of the deal, right? Like in terms of the deal that he got, right? Good for Odell. Like I said, good for his agent. Way to pull it off. Um, now we got to see if he can play. I, I, I'm I'm just glad. You know, it, it would have been nice to see a reunion and met life in blue, but no, it wouldn't. Like, I'm just I am glad to just he is he's one of the most publicized players in the NFL. I'm just tired of hearing about what he's doing this week. It's almost as annoying as well, when's Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets? I honestly don't give a shit anymore. Good? I hope he doesn't go. Like, I'm just tired of hearing about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jets fans so, would riot if he doesn't end up being the quarterback. Um, but anyway, but, yeah, but I mean, overall, you know, good deal for Odell. You know, uh, you know, we'll see. Is we'll see if he can play. Yeah, we'll right. see if he can. Play. In terms of in terms of what this does with Lamar, what what I was what I was going towards is a lot of people didn't pick up on this, but Lamar and him were Facetiming the same night that the deal got done. So yeah, they were uh, celebrating. Yeah, Lamar I mean, has approved of this. I think the we biggest. We know what it means. It means what was, what, was, yeah, what was the biggest thing that everybody complained about, right? Oh, well, Lamar doesn't have anybody to throw to. Okay, well, now you have a guy who unfortunately got injured, but was on pace to be the NFL or the Super Bowl MVP two years ago. So, listen, you he's got, got your a guy now. He's receiver. got no excuses. Odell is still better than a lot of the number ones in some of the in every number two that's out there on every NFL roster right now. It, it, despite injury, he is still one of one of the most dynamic players on the field when he's healthy. So you you know one now you got to do something with it. Yeah, now he's got to play. So I, I don't think Lamar. I don't think Lamar's going anywhere. I know everybody said Colts were gonna. I don't. I don't see it happening anymore. I don't see the Vikings making a move with Cousins. I know, I know that's been some chatter right now. It's not happening, people. Like, Lamar is yeah. playing. He's playing on the tag. Uh, the yeah. team is probably going to stick with the tag. Now that they've got him as players and they're going to build through the draft, he's got to prove it this year. you got to get us to the playoffs. you got to play the whole fucking season, and you got to win a playoff game, or else you ain't getting that long-term deal you want. Well, Fuck out of here. I'm going to be the one to point it out. The Ravens are banking on Lamar coming back on the, on the tag. To play a whole season, back. which he's we know he can't. Back the or you know, you know the verbiage I meant. Um, I mean, it's smart in a way for Ravens because they know he's not going to play the whole year. Let's just be real. I'm not jinxing it, and I, you know, I don't wish injury on anybody. But it's just not going to happen. He doesn't play full seasons. Just his mo now. Beckham, same thing. So you got two guys that you're investing this money, or basically you're investing this like just energy into. They're not going to play the whole year. It's going to be I, – I honestly, I hate to be the asshole to say it. It's going to blow up in their face. I think I mean, if they don't play, it certainly will. This is, I, this is realistically <laughs> what's going to happen. The team's going to – they're going to have – it's going to go one of two ways, and it's going to go – it's going to go 2019 season for Lamar where the team is constantly winning and has only got like four losses, right, no. just after the bye week. Or they're going to be breaking even at like a .5 or a point, you know, a .557 – 
I guess the, the, near the bye week and Lamar magically gets injured again and doesn't play the rest of the season because guess, well, he doesn't want to injure himself for a losing team. This is going to be my unanswerable question right now. We really think Odell Beckham is going to be the, the reason why Lamar then all of a sudden becomes the quarterback that he's supposed to have been and or the Ravens want. No, not happening. Yeah, I, I don't think it moves the needle enough. Well, but well, I mean, they got to stay on the field and prove it. That's all I think. So. Really happy. Both, both have of them do. Both here, of them uh, do. New York and Odell. That's I, I'm so thrilled. At least we got a year. Yeah. God knows if he has a decent year. Fucking all that's gonna be again. Right. Well, we'll see. They got to stay on the field and play, like Alex said. So speaking of a guy who can play, he got paid. That's Jeffrey Simmons, a defensive tackle with the Tennessee Titans. He got a four-year. $94 million extension. He's probably one of the two or three best interior defensive tackles in the league. Uh, he's definitely the cornerstone of the Titans defense. I mean, the Titans are on the verge of probably a full-blown rebuild, but at least they got a guy in his prime that they can build the defense around. So it's kind of a smart move in terms of extending him. He's got the fifth-year option that he's playing on this year, and then obviously the fourth your extension will start next season. What did you guys think of that? I mean, it's a smart move for the Titans, like you said. Cornerstone under defense, really kind of in a rebuild. Needs something to be able to, like, show up. And I actually think it's a smart move to kind of take the approach they are of going, hey, you know what, we're going to use the defensive side of the ball to have a contract like that to put our effort in and build around like that. So, I mean, Simmons is a stud, so smart on Titans. Yeah. I'm with you there. What do you think, Alex? Well, um, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I said last year I didn't think the Titans were going to do much. I was right. Um, I'm even lower on the Titans this year. So I know they went and signed a couple guys, and they went and tried to fill some defensive holes. But, that, I mean – but let's be honest, that's that's really not where you guys should have your focus. Yeah, you should have you should have filled the holes like you did, but you have a lot more pressing needs at this time, and you have publicly stated that you do not have confidence in the quarterback that you drafted to replace the shit quarterback you already had. So you you guys got some shit you need to figure out real quick. And it ain't yep. on That is that is true. The quarterback question is I mean Right now, as it stands, it's Ryan Tannehill, but we all know what the deal is with that. So um, they're going to have to figure that out. Now, the other news was a trade. The Lions traded cornerback Jeff Akuda to the Falcons for a fifth-round pick. Akuda was obviously the third overall pick in the draft the year he came out. Injuries and inconsistencies. So fresh start, possibly in Atlanta, who needs some – help really everywhere on the defense. And if Akuda can stay healthy, maybe he can finally get build up enough consistency to be a good player. Uh, you boys think that one works out, or you think it's kind of uh, more of the same? If he can stay healthy, I think it'll help Atlanta be real nasty on defense. They're a team that I don't think a lot of people are paying much attention to because, again, they're in a shit quarterback situation. I mean, they're going to ride it out with Desmond Ritter for Christ's sake. So, yeah, uh, that's a mistake. But what? I mean, what it is. Help? But like I said, I mean, they're a team that has has a plenty plenty of holes and, and problems with with that with with what's going on. But I mean, if you go and look at at what they did in in free agency, for some, I mean, they went and got. They went and got Mike. You know, they retained Mike Hughes. They went and signed Jeff Okuda. They went and got Jesse Bates. Right? 
Um, they went and got Calais Cambo. They went and got low, um, you know, all on defense. And then they shirred up their offensive line. I mean, two of them, they, you know, real big signings with Caleb McGreary and, and Chris Lindstrom. Both those guys got good. Big, yeah, big, good big extensions. Yep. Yeah, from Yeah. That. So, I mean, is there is there wide receiver room much to talk about? No. Is there quarterback room much to talk about? No. Is there running back room much to talk about? No. But what they did do as a team is they went and signed out some really good defensive playmakers and an offensive and a couple offensive line playmakers that are going to make this team the complete polar opposite of what they were in 2022. So I, I think people need to look out for Atlanta. Again, yeah, and they won seven games, so it's not like they were yeah. awful. Uh, again, you know, QB situation is is not a, a damn thing to write home about. Um, yeah, you know, Heineke's your your backup uh, over there, and he, we know he can play. But I mean, Matt Collins was was nobody. Scott Miller is nobody. Keith Smith. I mean, fullbacks. There's like four in the NFL now. Nobody really uses them. So, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they got they went and got Johnny Smith. Like, I mean, none of none of that stuff impresses me. Yeah. Um, so offensively, I think they'll be heavy in the draft. I think they'll take up another couple pieces. But in terms of their deals, I, I, I think people need to be looking out for what they're going to be doing in 2023. All right, well, let's get into our draft strategies, and we'll start off uh, in the AFC East. Matt, you are the GM of the uh, New York Jets. Oh, yeah. You know that you've got – the 13th overall pick in round one, you've got six total picks, you know, but you're also trying to work on a trade for Aaron Rodgers. What is your strategy round one? And what's the overall draft strategy knowing that you're trying to make a trade for Rodgers to be your QB? I mean, I, I think it's one of the more difficult ones to kind of figure out because at all intents and purposes, he's playing in New York. We, we, we know that, but it, again, isn't official. So, like, there is still that chance that Aaron Rodgers does Aaron Rodgers things and is a dick um, and just doesn't play or who the fuck knows. Um, it puts a lot – I mean, honestly, the Jets kind of buried themselves on this. Um, I mean, if they stick somehow and have their first-round pick – I'm taking a lineman because you need to start building something no matter who's behind center, start building in a line. There's a couple good linemen they can take. Yeah. Uh, I'm big on Broderick Jones for a lot of teams. He can get slotted into a lot of teams to be an instant starter at tackle. Um, I mean, I think your focus really is probably trying to maybe package your capital for Rogers, but I mean, there is the other side of it too. You've got six picks. You're going to basically dump almost all your draft capital to get Rodgers, meaning you're going to be left with not not a whole lot. I mean, you might get some picks in return, but they're going to be late round. You're going to probably have to package those to jump back up. So, I mean, it's a really big variable for the Jets. Yeah. Um, if they land Rodgers, you're going to the, – the strategy has to be packaging picks – Late round picks to get up towards the third probably is going to be about as good as you're going to get, unless they somehow hang on to a two. I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I really. I can't even predict what that package is going to look like because I don't really know what Green Bay is going to want to go after. Yeah. In terms of that, so that's why it's an. It's one of the more interesting ones. Um. So yeah, I think as far as 
if Rodgers doesn't go there, I think they go offensive tackle. In my opinion, that's what they need to go after. I like it. I've seen it. Not piggybacking off of other people, but I have seen it be a hot pick for them should they stick at that one spot. Um, or the, um, sorry, the 13 spot. Yeah. Uh, kind of awkward saying one spot. Um, and then if they do land Rodgers, it means capital's gone. It means you have to package to get up higher. And huh? Get best available player. Um, I mean, you could probably still find some, you know, some safeties. You could maybe find some deep interior linemen, maybe a tackle in like the third. So that's about what I got for the Jets. All right, Alex, you are the GM of the Patriots. You have pick 14 in round one, and you've got 11 total picks as it sits right now. What's the round one strategy, and what's the overall draft strategy? Yeah, um, listen, uh, we're going to sign who we sign, and uh, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. I was counting my inner Belichick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, I am, if I am the New England Patriots, I'm going to address the biggest issue that our team had last season, regardless of who was under center, um, and that was getting, getting our asses thrown into the friggin' dirt. So – um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're picking at 14. It's not the greatest thing. I don't have enough assets to move up. I'm definitely going to have to stick with Mac Jones at quarterback, at least for another season. Um, so if, if, if the tackles are still sitting there, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Peter Skaronsky. I'm looking at Darnell Wright. Uh, I'm looking at Paris Johnson. Um, and those are going to be one of the, you know, obviously they're the top three tackles on those, on this board. Um, Really, they're, I mean, they are, they do grade, um, you know, first round talents, all three of them do, but those, those are going to be the guys that I look at. Um, and, and if, if they're not there, I think the next guy that I would probably look at, um, is, uh, somebody that I think is going to fly off the radar just because you don't see too much of it with Ohio State, and that's DeWine Jones. So, uh, that, that's where I'm at. All right. So, looking at offensive line, probably tackle in that first round. And then what about the, the rest of the draft strategy overall for the Pats. Um, I mean, we went and addressed some of our needs in the uh, in the free agency. We got a couple wide receivers. Um, you know, did what we needed to do. Juju. We uh, we got Jabril Peppers and 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 James Robinson. And yep. yeah, we signed Riley Rape, but uh, we need somebody on the other side there. Like I said, so um, I think going into round two, uh, probably going to go BPA. Uh, probably going to look at a corner or a linebacker. Um, let me, let me just let me see let me let me just take a look at my big board here see what uh what might be available in the second round one second i got it all pulled up here um Cam smith south carolina i think he would be available for us there yeah, that's uh, a good garrett, player yep garrett williams of syracuse i i know he's i know he's graded towards the back end of that second round um which is great for us um, you know, I, everybody was kind of worried about him because he, he, uh, he tore his ACL last year, but, um, you know, and, and he's, he's above average in, in pass coverage. So he's, he's who I'd look at at the corner position and then linebacker, um, depend, like again, depending on how, how it falls, right. It's going to be BPA for me. Linebacker is a pretty light position in the draft. So I'm going to have to strike early. Um, yep. uh, the, you know, the kid from, uh, Wisconsin, Herbig. Um, I like him. I think he'll still be there. I think uh, I think uh, Trent Simpson from Clemson will be there. 
Um, and I think uh, Ivan Pace from Cincinnati will probably still be there. So I'll, I take a look at all those guys as well. All right. Matt, you, uh, you are the GM of the Miami Dolphins. You had to forfeit your first-round pick, so you don't have a pick until 51, which is round two, and you only have four draft picks right now. You made the trade to get Jalen Ramsey at corner, so what's the draft strategy for you as the Dolphins GM? I mean, quite frankly – you're probably going to be looking for hopefully maybe a playmaker to fall um, as best, you know, best available, um, whether that be like a running back. Um, I mean, I know I've seen a couple different running backs. Um, that kid from UCLA, um, is, it Char- is it Charbonnet? Oh, yeah, Zach Charbonnet, yeah. Um, I've seen um, it's a little bit of a re possibly. But I've seen that kid from um, A&M, Akane, Devin Akane. Oh, Devon uh, A-Chain, yep. A-Chain, there you go. Um, you know, I also – I know you got Ramsey. If there's a corner, take him. Why not? I think it would be smart. Um, you know, you could take uh, maybe not round two, but um, I've seen him kind of floating around. Keep a homegrown kid. Grab yourself a little Tyreek Stevenson. Got to give a shout-out to my Canes boys, of course, anytime I can. Um, and, I mean, honestly, you're probably not – it's going to be a weak draft, essentially, um, just by principle of only having four picks, one of – you know, two of which are two and three, and then a six and a seven. Um, it's going to just be a lot of uh, best player available. So, I mean, you're going to have to try to fill in some gaps. I mean, you know, you could always probably try to find an athletic tight end. Um Again, uh, it's limited, in my opinion, of what the Dolphins are going to probably do in a draft. They're going to – we're probably looking at uh, – there's a kid, Laporta, it's a tight end. I'd like him. Um, you know, if you can somehow, you know, getting some offensive line help wouldn't hurt. Um, I doubt he's going to be there because we're all predicting him, this guy to probably be a little bit higher. But I know um, Torrance – has been floating around as a round two guy. Um, does he fall low enough? I don't know. It kind of really is just going to depend on how many guys are starting to go after uh, linemen. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say playmaker is going to be probably the biggest, really the biggest need, I guess you could call it. Um, I mean, linebacker help is always going to help. But again, as Alex said, it's a pretty linebacking class, so you're probably not looking at somebody of very much value. Um, overall, nothing personal to those kids, but when you're looking at late third round to six, yeah, no, not really. Um, yeah, I think they've, I think they've just got to tackle best best player available. Essentially, um, I think you say you just take your four picks, you make them, and you move on. Um, try to build in some gaps, maybe plug it, some maybe some plug in guys like you know a nickel corner, um, maybe a, a nickel safety because it seems to be to do is this like base nickel defense um yep. you got ramsey who's going to be able to kind of starting to become a guy that's going to be looked at and lean to show young guys the ropes so that's good to have in your back pocket um that's about all i got for that to be honest all right alex you are the gm of the bills you've got the 27th pick in round one you've got six total picks 
in the draft? What's your strategy as the GM of the Bills? Um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a tough one. My best receiver's pissed off. Uh, my my quarterback has had two down years in a row. Still markedly good compared to the rest of the quarterback market. We went thirteen and three, but we still couldn't get it done in the in the long run. So, yeah, uh, got a couple things I need to look at. I think I think the the bigger concern for us uh, right now is our interior offensive line. Um, you know, I need to as much as I love Josh Allen and his his ability to run the ball when we need him to. I would much rather him sit in the pocket and throw the ball because he's excellent at it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think in the first round, uh, if, if we're lucky enough to have anybody fall to us, um, you know, we would we would be happy to take him. Osiris Torrance um, is the name that comes to mind. Steve Avila you know, is another one. Uh, Joe Tipman, I know everybody has him kind of mid round, but he's definitely a first round talent, at least at the at the bottom half of it. Um, so that, that, that's kind of what we're looking at uh, to begin with. Um I think we've covered our center position. We went and got Connor McGovern uh, over in free agency and Jordan Poyer resigned with us. Um, I know we lost Tremaine Edmonds. That's going to be kind of a big blow for us. So I, I think I'm going to look to sure up in, in, in the later rounds and second and third on, uh, you know, my defensive linemen and my, and my, uh, my linebacker position groups. All right. Yeah. I think that's definitely something the bills should look into to, you know, to beef up that front seven. Cause we saw the Bengals, put it to them in the run game in that playoff game. So definitely makes sense. All right, we'll go to the AFC South. Matt, you are the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got the 24th pick in round one. You've got nine total picks. What is your draft strategy as the GM of the Jags? Oh, good old sad cats. Well, maybe we're not so sad. We're like, maybe maybe emerging we we might be like you know medium sad um because depending on what they get no um (laughs) it is nice um it is kind of weird to sit here and look at the jags and go hey um there's not i I mean there's always a need to plug holes for every single team but it's one of those years where the Jags aren't in this desperation feel of like, oh, we have, you know, especially because they're not at the high end of the draft, makes a big difference. Um, you know, you're looking at a much lower pick than we're used to for them at 24. Um, you know, I think they've, we know what they did last year. They put a lot of money in key players. Um, I don't need to name all of them, you know, Kirk being one of them. Um, so, they did kind of hamstring themselves a little bit of what, how, and they can do. Uh, but with all of that said, and that super ramble, um, I think you're going to see probably, uh, I, I think, my tackle defense. Um, or if he somehow does drop, um, as Alex kind of alluded, depending on where they fall, I wouldn't mind seeing them take another crack at a uh, Florida lineman. Maybe, maybe try to slot in Torrance there. Um, they definitely need – to fill in some line help. I think that's going to be a big thing um, is sharing up that offensive line, especially when you're basically committing the, you know, you've got obviously Trevor Lawrence and, you know, you got ETN, um, you know, that's going to be your guy. So you want to make sure you're giving him the ability to find those holes, sure up that offensive line. Um, so, I, I mean, Torrance would be a good pick from, I'd like to see him there. Um you could also 
possibly tackle. Um, going after, um, I've, I like the kid. I like what he did at Maryland. Uh, Deontay Banks at corner. Um, why not? Mm-hmm. Secondary. You know, you're going to be having to play some teams. You're going to be able to pass because, oh, I don't know, you play in the AFC and the AFC passes because they are stacked at quarterback. Defending yep. um, against the pass is going to be huge. In your own division, debatable. Outside of your division, crucial. Um, I like, you know, maybe trying to go after, um, you know, some maybe edge help um, just to keep sharing up, being able to get after the quarterback. Because, again, AFC, you got to make noise. Um, I like the kid out of Georgia Tech, Keon White. Snack him in a second. Um, you might even be able to go after another kid. Uh, I do not know how to say his name, and I will have to work on my pronunciations in the next two weeks. Uh, but I'm going to call him Felix because that's his first name, and it's easy. He's from K-State. Oh, the Kansas State kid, yeah. <laughs> Now, with having a plethora of six picks, I would like to package and try to get maybe up into, like, you know, a high five, maybe low four range, and try to see if we can address some needs in terms of, again, another maybe lineman that falls. You never know. Sometimes you see those linemen that seem raw, and have potential fall to those rounds, uh, that stage. Um, I wouldn't also be against them trying to go after maybe, oh, I don't know, another tight end. It's a little, you know, thin. Um, but I have seen a guy I've already called out, Laporta, him dropping third in a lot of dra- mock drafts as well. So he's a sneaky guy that you could get. Why not add another playmate behind uh, the former giant? <clears throat> um I think you're gonna. I think you got to plug in um, and try to find um, some areas that you can build beyond what you already have. Get some depth guys. So you know, depth corner. Like I said, passing league now, especially in AFC more than ever. Um, some edge help, and uh, that's about what I got. All right, Alex. We'll uh, move it on to you. You are now the GM of the Tennessee Titans. You've oh. got the 11th pick <laughs> in round one. You've got six total picks in the draft. Uh, Obviously, you know, you just extended Jeffrey Simmons. You know what your team situation is. What's your draft strategy as the GM of the Titans? Yeah, I mean, you know, to be completely honest with you, I I don't know what the fuck we're doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you're the one that made the move, man. You signed signed it. I know it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen – if I were, if I were the, if I were the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, this is the, I mean, this is probably one of the only, I, I can't even, I can't even talk like I'm the general manager for this team because they are just fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> Purpose. They went and got Andre Dillard, right? Um, okay, that's that's all they did. Uh, you can't say you got Edge with Arden Key because he hasn't done shit. You can't say you got a tackle, another tackle with Brunskill because again, ain't shit. Luke Gifford is kind of lukewarm for me. The guy is, like, hot, and then he's freaking really cold for seven games. So, nothing there. Um, we lost Nate Davis. We lost Demarcus Walker. Robert Woods ain't shit. Um, we still got, you know, Austin Hooper. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just bad. Bud Dupree's out, you know. So, eh, you know, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Um, I'm still going to ride uh, uh, Tannehill's nuts. Tannehill ain't because he ain't shit. 
Um, I don't like Malik Willis. I, I made a stupid ass pick last year. Don't know why I decided to go with him because everybody said he was a bust, and I just said, fuck it, let's roll the dice. Well, good thing um, it was third round and not first. Jeez. Yeah. The bit, I mean, the biggest nice. move was the fact that you traded away AJ Brown, you know, so the Titans got to figure out, you know, what they're doing opposite trailing Burks, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, and so, but that's that, that I don't even think that's their top need. I mean, they need to fix their offensive line. Oh yeah, um, and and unfortunately for them, I mean, yeah, they're at eleven, so that's fortunate, right? Like some of the guys they named earlier, Darnell White, Paris Johnson, uh, for Anton Harrison, DeWan Jones, right? Those guys will be there, um, but it's not necessarily the tackle position that they're struggling with. I mean, the interior offensive line is very friggin' thin. This yeah. draft, I mean, there, I I don't have other than Torrance and and and. I wouldn't – I can see him going first round. I don't even feel he's a first-round talent. Well, you I, I don't have – You could take Skaronsky and move him inside. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you can, you could. You could uh, but, I mean, in terms of what their true position is, right, I, yeah. I, there's not a lot of offensive line guys in here that are first-round talents, especially at the interior position. So no, that's true. Um, I think they're screwed. I think that they need to – I think that they need to take the best – offensive linemen available whether they're a tackle or a guard um and then as we get you know as we get into the second round i think they need to package a couple picks and move back into the third and the second and they need to load up on running back and wide receiver um obviously king henry is not exactly king henry anymore you need some assurances there um don't shoot me in the foot here but i honestly wouldn't be surprised to see them take Bijan robinson at freaking 11 because they need that they need to fill that gap and putting him behind derrick henry as a one two will keep henry fresh and this kid's supposed to be the next guy you know what i mean so yeah uh it, it's really tough to tell i think they're one of the more like i mean jesus you're seven and ten um it, i i don't like this team i'm telling i said it i said it earlier i there is a lot going on with this team that I don't think people are looking at, and they are they're going to get worse. Yeah, I think they're going in the wrong trending down, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, bad. seven and seven and ten last year. I, you, I hope you get seven and ten in twenty twenty three. All right, Matt, you are the GM of the Indianapolis Colts. You've uh, got pick number four. You've got nine total picks in the draft. Gardner Minshew, as it stands right now, is your starting quarterback. What is your draft strategy as the GM of the Colts? I mean, this is actually going to be a pretty easy one for me because I'm glad you gave me because I, I think it's logical. Um, we'll love this, baby. Give me, give, give me, let, let him come to four. Yeah, yep. let him come down to number four. Let him retain being able to wear. Blue and white. He doesn't have to buy any new, you know, any new accessories that he may already have. Yeah. Others come on to your blue and white. We got you. Um, no, I think it's a smart pick. Um, as crazy as this might sound, I'm rolling with Gardner Minshew for a little bit. I'm gonna let Will Levis ease his way in. I think he's gonna be decent. Um, I'm not big on this quarterback class at all. I'll talk shit about it all the time. Don't care. Yep. Uh, but I do like Will Levis. Um. I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward, simple. Um, I think that, you know, you're definitely going to want to get that kid. Some uh, guys to, uh, oh, I don't know, throw to. Um, I think you can sneakily pick up, you know, maybe 
I like this kid out of uh, Cincinnati, uh, Tyler Scott. He's probably going to be like a third rounder, but you never know. Colts have done mediocrely. We've done pretty well finding some uh, unheard of talent at wide receiver. They've done it before. Probably will do it again. Um, I think you're going to see him. I, I think we're going to share up uh, a little bit of secondary help as well. Um, and then definitely going to go ahead and have to grab an or another interior lineman. Um, you know, uh, if we want to be a little bit, we want to take a guy at two, um, maybe sneak after the kid from Syracuse, Matthew Bergeron. Um, if they decide to, if we decide to wait a little bit because we decide to go after like a corner a little early. Um, you know, they might be able to get Wepler, 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 I don't whatever. Um, the one guy I hope the Colts, I'm, I mean, I'm going to pick him if I'm a Colts guy, uh, John Smith, but I've also seen him go into the Giants. So sorry, I'm going to bring my bias into it. So yep. I didn't pick him. Um, but yeah, and I mean, you never know. Um, they're, you, you know, you might see a sad, we might make, make a sad, uh, savvy move um, and dump off one of our second. Uh, round seven picks, the package with maybe a five, since we have three of them. Um, no sense necessarily picking three fives, but again, mid-round. Five is kind of just outside the mid-round, I guess you can consider it maybe off of the mid-round. Um, and try to get some, uh, you know, maybe some low-round playmakers, best player available, just some athleticism. Um you know, maybe you can uh, get a guy that's developmental at like running back to kind of, uh, you know, play behind Taylor. Uh, we've seen him with some injuries already, but at the same time, got our, he's our stud guy. So I can completely move away from him. Yeah. Um, um, side note if you guys have not figured this out already, I'm sticking to players that I know are going to go probably fourth, third, higher. Because I didn't really feel like going into sixth round player picks for this, because eye <laughs> numbing. Um, I mean, you just can focus on position more than individual player. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we gotta, it's fun to take the approach of players might be able to throw out. Um, but yeah, I think you're gonna get best player available as you go through the round. Uh, try to pick up some needs. Definitely want to help the line. If you're gonna pick Will Levis, you got to build out offensive line. You got to protect your, you know, number four investment um but yeah will levis is the guy being picked at the number four spot all right alex you uh wrapping up the uh, afc south you are the gm of the texans you've got pick number two and pick number 12 in the first round you've got mm-hmm. 12 total picks mm-hmm. what is your uh gm draft strategy for the texans yeah um so i'm, I'm just a terribly run organization and i'm stupid <laughs> as shit so I'm going to ride with Davis Mills here at uh, two. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and get him, uh, you know, a good a good wide receiver to throw to. Um, I think I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm probably going to go with, uh, with uh, I don't know, maybe maybe like Tank Dell, you know, get a local guy there from Houston, <laughs> get, a, get a short little wide receiver, see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, in all seriousness, I think I think Houston needs to take a a quarterback. Um, will they? I'm not so sure. To be completely honest with you, yeah. Um, I have kind of been watching some of their pressers. I've been watching the way that they've been, um, you know, their top thirties. I'm not I'm not getting the vibe that they 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 are going quarterback at two, or that they even know what the hell they're doing at two just yet. And we're we're like you said, we're 
we're 16 days out. So, um, you know, would it, do they need to, I I absolutely think that they need to go quarterback here. Um, Will they, I don't think that they will. Um, Again, I, top need for them is QB and wide receiver. Their offensive line is really not too bad. They're, they're kind of middle of the pack guys. Um, Their run game was really great last season. So I don't think they need to worry about that. Um, In terms of what they're doing, like I said, QB wide receiver. um, I think, I think a really good safety uh, might do a lot for them. Um, I mean, I, I know he isn't technically a safety, um, place corner but uh Devin Witherspoon uh you know he's a guy that I would I would take and take a really long hard hard look at I don't I don't think they are but I think they should um Brian Branch out of Alabama is another one um that I I think they they need to look at I mean corner's a pretty good class safety not so much but I I think that I being honest I, I think that Devin Witherspoon can play deep if you really asked him to I think if you told him to go sit in the back he could do it and he'd be one of the better guys to do it so um, I think that's what they need to look at. Uh, you know, draft positions in terms of the linebacker group, uh, it's really not too deep. I think they need to take a look there. Uh, I think another position of need that they need to look at, not necessarily, I mean, really their entire defensive line. Yeah. I am working, baby. I, I think, I think they need to take a heavy look at the edge position this draft and early, um, uh, not at two at 12 would be great. Um, you know, I, I think a QB wide receiver throw at two and twelve would be a smart move. Um, I don't see them packaging two twelve and anything else to move ahead and get and get you know the one slot. So, um, Will Anderson is somebody that I would look at um, at that position group. I think I think Tyree Wilson's another good one. Um, Nolan Smith. I know people have their concerns with him. I still think he'll be a high caliber player when he comes in. Um, so there's, there's a couple guys that I think they need, they, they really need to take a look at and do their homework on because the, the feeling that I'm getting right now is that the tech the Texans are, are closer to riding with Davis Mills than they are in selecting a quarterback this draft. So before we move on to our next division and we'll, we'll pick it up, but do you think that if you are the Texans or the Colts, there is temptation to play another year with the quarterbacks on your roster and see if you can tank enough to where you've got the number one pick next year for Caleb Williams or uh, Drake May? I absolutely do not think the Indianapolis Colts are in a position to do that. All right. Um, Texans, yeah, because everybody knows they're a poverty franchise. Um, I think if the Panthers do it again for a third season in a row, their fan base might actually burn the stadium down. So um, those are the two teams that I, that I don't think can afford to skip out on a quarterback, but. Um, All right. I, I, I'll make one quick comment. Very quick. comment. If the yeah. Houston pass on a quarterback, I will absolutely respect the fuck out of them. <laughs> because that means they're not getting bullied into going, Hey, we have the number one pick. We have to put now, granted, they need a quarterback. I mean, there's no choice about it. But no, they I think, listen, Davis Mills, despite being Davis Mills, didn't have much of a – he didn't have a terrible season. No, he didn't. I mean – He is very much a serviceable quarterback. 
And what yep. they did was they went and got a veteran who's played around some of the best in the league with Case Keenum to help mentor this kid. So, like, doing stuff like that signals to me that, like, you guys are okay with, with the quarterback. Like, you're comfortable with it and are willing to risk going to, you know, going to the next season. Indianapolis, hell no. You guys whiffed three years in a row. Yeah, the Colts got to address QB. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina? Hell no! You guys have you guys have been the circus at the quarterback position the last yeah. three seasons. You they absolutely got to address can't. QB as well. But the Texans are the only team that I'm really getting a vibe for that are picking in the top five that need a quarterback. Yeah, but are probably not going to because the guy they have, if they get him the right people around him, can actually be like a, a mid level quarterback. He's not going to be top fifteen, but he'll get the job done. He'll get the ball down the field. He's accurate as shit. So. I just I don't I don't know why, but like I, I just I don't feel like Texans are going to. And I know everybody has like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, depending on who goes one, going to yep. him. I, I don't see that happening. All right. Let's move on to the AFC North. We'll uh we'll keep it going here. Matt, you are the general manager now for the Cleveland Browns. You don't have a pick until round three. You've got eight overall picks, though. What's the strategy for the Browns? Well, in an alternate universe, I'm a really good GM, and I'm going to package my picks so I can get at least probably another, like, third-round pick, maybe a second-round pick somehow. Um, I'm going to try to get some draft, use some of the draft capital I have, and I am going to definitely try to go after um, somebody that can actually catch the ball. Um, I'm going to probably actually try to go after maybe somebody also quarterback as well. Um, I mean, we're a mess because we're, you know, just blatantly stupid. Um, but, hey, you know, cool. Um, no, we're – I would expect uh, tackling uh, maybe, um, you know, Mims. You know, could drop low enough depending on what we do. Um, I mean, keeping it short and simple, the Browns, outside of being the GM for the moment now, man, that they are going to have a I, – I don't see this being a good successful draft for them, even with how many picks they have. Um, maybe they can try to find some mid – you know, some mid-draft uh, talent. Um, but, man, you've got one, two, three, four. You got <laughs> – got a lot of picks round four and later. Um I don't see the Browns being savvy enough to manipulate their draft capital to get down talent, but you know, that remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, they've got, they've got to find, they, they signed Deshaun Watson. You got to make him have the ability to make the money that you've paid him. So you've got to have guys to be able to catch the ball. Um, sorry. I don't think that they are very good on offense, regardless of what they've proven. Besides Chubb. Only guy I'll give some credit to. He needs to be on another team. For the love of God, for the sake of the NFL, please get <laughs> the team. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that, you know, you do have, you, you know, you got Cooper, Peoples Jones, Elijah Moore, but still going to say you need another pass catcher, need some kind of other playmaker, probably need to bolster up the line in some way, shape, or form, because that's basically what you do. Um, yeah, that's about it, because Brown suck. All right. Uh- GM of the Steelers, you've got uh, pick number 17 in round one. You've got seven total picks. Uh, what's your general draft strategy as the GM of the Steelers? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, look, we, you know, we 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 made a couple, we made a couple things last year. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, we we had another strong, albeit weekend, uh, winning season above five zero. You know, what can I say? We're successful all the time, all the time. We're successful, so thank you. There's really, there's really not much that we need to do as a team, but execute better. Um, and keep building through the draft yeah i mean so okay so look uh, obviously kenny pickett the time that he did start playing like we said last year what was it week five six it was early yeah um you know like he the great thing about watching that was that he developed every week it wasn't like he had a good week and then he was shit and then he had a good week and then he you know was shit and then he had a decent week. Like he actually kind of improved every week. He had a couple bad weeks, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, he was a he rookie. Had, overall, I think he improved out of all the rookie quarterbacks that played last year. He improved the most. So um, it was nice to see. Uh, you know, obviously they got their guy for the future, and you know, homegrown boy there. So I think they're good. I think they're on the right path. Um, they definitely need to address the like every other freaking team in the NFL right now, the offensive line position. Um. I know they went and got uh, they they went and got Herbig, uh, they went and got uh, Ogan Joby, they went and got Patrick Peterson. They kind of shirt up their defense, which is already pretty good to, to begin with. Um, I think I think at seventeen they need they need to seriously look at what offensive tackles might be available. Um, I think I think they'll be lucky to see Darnell right there. Um, Anton Harrison will be there. Broderick Jones from Georgia will probably be there. So I would take a look at offensive tackle there. Um, if you're not happy with the guys that are left, I think that you need to immediately switch um, and go look at the cornerback position. Um, yep. It is deep. There is a lot of talent um, for them. At, I mean, at, 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 at 17, you could realistically still grab friggin' Christian Gonzalez, Deontay Banks, Joey Porter. I mean, those guys are still going to be available. So, um, you know, at 17, I think you have a good shot at, at shoring up your, your, your cornerback position. Yeah. They lost, uh, Cam Sutton. He wasn't that good, but he is, a, you know, he, he was starting for them on the rotation. So I think they need to take a look at that. And like I said, I, I think that they need another weapon for Kenny Pickett to throw to, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what I got. I've got four wide receivers that are first round worthy. Um, and outside of that, it's kind of a steep fall off. I mean, outside of, of. JSN and Quentin Johnson and Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, um, you know, it, it's a it's a steep steep drop off in terms of who's going to be available. Um, yep. I mean, hell, there's only a whole bunch of other guys. Yeah, I mean, there's there's yeah. there's probably only like seven or eight guys that I would even I would even consider in the first two rounds. You know what I mean? So, right. um, I, I think that if if they're going to strike and they're not happy with the offensive tackle or quarterback situation, I would I would look at wide receiver there, um, and then I would just kind of pick and choose throughout the rest of the draft: linebacker, um, defensive line, safety, things like that. All right. So now we are uh, halfway through the AFC North. We're gonna change up the style a little bit to keep you boys on your toes. Matt, you are now the GM of the Baltimore Ravens. Your scenario is that you've got Lamar Jackson playing on the franchise tag this year. You've got five total draft picks, including number 22 in the first round. 
What do you have to do with that pick in round one? Or what are you doing with that pick in round one that can immediately help you win this year? Um, well, you know, the biggest argument has always been receiver. So, uh, stagging a receiver and I still end up probably taking a gamble on Johnson. All right. I, I like that a lot. I think if Quentin Johnson is a guy there at 22, I think that's a good fit, a, a downfield guy. We saw him play in the play in the college football playoff run after catch ability. My uh, only, I, I like that fit a lot. Yeah, I mean, let's be serious. Nelson Aguilar and OBJ aren't, aren't exactly who you who you well, want to have. The yeah. only thing I have is Johnson's big, and you got Lamar, and uh, he, he sucks. So you got <laughs> the problem is Johnson, not the best uh, body catcher of all time. So it's gonna nope. be interesting. But yeah, that I'm going true. through. All right, Alex. That means you're the GM of the Bengals. You've got seven total picks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One in each round, your traditional picks. Your round one pick is pick 28. What are you doing at pick 28 or in round one, whether you move up or whatever? What are you doing with that first pick that, let's face it, gets the Bengals over the hump and helps them win the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I mean, if I, if I'm if I'm if I'm looking at my team, right? We've had three really good years in a row. We've gotten close. Um, you know, we're we're doing all the right things that we need to do, right? If I'm Cincinnati Bengals, I am trading out of the first round, especially at 28. I don't think anybody is worth uh, that late in the. I mean, you guys have heard me. Who's say Who's got to fall for you to stay there? If you're if you're trading out, ideally, who has to fall to convince you to stay and pick? Ooh. Um, you know, that's an excellent question. Um, I, I think I think in order for me to sit there and draft at that position, mm-hmm. I'm going to need to see Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon. I'm going to need to see... So a uh, top corner. A top corner or like, like it's not going to happen, but yeah. Saronki needs to fall, right? Something, something has to happen where they, it's like a top oh, corner or a top tackle. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's, and I like Skaronsky because he can play inside. We can move him like we talked about earlier. Yep. Um, but I, I, you know, look, we went and got Orlando Brown, Jermaine Pratt. We went and got Trayvon Williams. Yeah. We lost Jesse Bates and Von Bell. So I think, I think safety is something that they need to look at. But again, the safety position really isn't that deep. This year, right? Um, I mean, it's it's really not. I mean, you've got Brian Branch, and and then and then after that, I mean, your next best guy is Antonio Johnson from from Texas A and M. So yeah, it's a big drop off. Right. So, so I, I mean, it, listen, if Brian Branch is there at twenty eight, I say take him because he's the best safety in the in the draft, and and that's not saying much. But if you can get him at twenty eight, I think it's kind of a steal. I don't think he's a first round talent. I mean, you might as well just grab him since he's there. But if 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 he's not there and the top tackles and guards aren't there, I'm trading out and getting more assets to take the best players available in round two. All right, fair enough. Let's move it over then to the AFC West. Matt, you're the GM of the defending Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Uh, you got pick 31, which is the last pick in round one. You got 10 total picks. What are you doing with that first pick? Um, whether it's there at 31, whether it's a trade up or whether you trade out, what are you doing with that first pick that gets you guys back primed to make a run for the Super Bowl? 
I mean, I'm going to go offensive tackle if they're there and there's somebody worth taking at that pick. Um, if not, I might do the Alex move of uh, the Bengals and, and get out of there just because at the end of the day, free yourself up having to worry about a first-round pick. Um, you got a lot of draft capital. Um, I like. I, I think I keep trying to protect the quarterback. That's going to be the name of the game a lot in this draft. There's going to be a lot of linemen that I think are going to be taken. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the deepest line O line draft, but um, a lot of a lot of developmental talent. So I think you got to try to protect them. Unless I mean, unless you got want to get a little wild and the guy like Zay Flower somehow falls, you know, that yep. far. Um, get a little playmaker like that. Um, that's probably yeah. yeah that's gonna, not a bad move. It's going to be best available or tackle. Tackle is going to be, I think, the big key thing. So, all right, Alex, you are GM of the Broncos. Uh, obviously, you don't have a pick until round three because of that Russell Wilson trade. You've got five total picks. Um, so when you do get to pick, whether you stay and wait until pick 67 in round three or whether you try to move up into round two, um, with that first pick that you do make, what are you trying to do with that first selection to get the Broncos back on the right track? Because let's face it, they were abysmal last year. I mean, goddamn, man. I, 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 need, to, I need to sure as hell fix the offensive line. Uh, yeah. Friggin'. McGlinchey was a great signing. Ben Powers was a great signing, but they ain't going to fix it. We still need a center. We still need two guards. Um, we, yeah. Good God. I, I Listen, the guys don't – they don't have I, – I don't know how it's going to work with them. I really don't. Because did all this shit. You went and got a new head coach. You went and, you know, you're, you're basically letting Russell Wilson franchise that whole – that whole freaking – or not franchise, hold that whole franchise hostage. Uh, in my personal opinion, and that sucks because I, you know, that was that was my dog. But now it's like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. Um, guy, guy, guy does not right. I think the most dynamic thing about Russell Wilson was the fact that he was able to move around the field so quickly and so agilely that like it didn't matter if he had a shit offensive line. But as we've seen over the last three years, he does not have that elusiveness anymore. Right? He's getting old. The steam engines have slowed down. And the guy can barely see over his offensive line. So, um, sucks to say it, it's reality. Um, I think they they absolutely need to shore up that offensive line uh, more than anything else. And then they need to go and look at their deep threat and defense, like it's, it's safety and corner position. All right, Matt, you uh, you're the GM of the Silver and Black. You've got pick number seven overall in round one. You've got twelve total draft picks. But what are you doing there? at seven, if it's sticking and picking, or if you're maneuvering around in round one, what are you doing with the, the first pick to get the Raiders moving in the right direction? And we'll say this, the Raiders have year after year completely botched their round one pick. So what are you doing to change the trend? Drafting Featherwood 2.0? <laughs> I mean, do you want me to be the Raiders' real GM? Yeah, you. yeah. No, yeah, want if you're the exactly, GM of the Raiders, what are you do doing? Exactly what they would do because they took Leatherwood last year. We see how that worked out, and guess what their biggest need is again? 
I mean, it's still the offensive line. It's still the secondary. I mean, it's, I'm gonna tell you it's still the same shit it always what, is. So what are you going to do with your shit-ass bull haircut? I am going Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson at seven. I think that's a smart play. Yep. Keep it simple, Paris Johnson. And you got a fuck ton of picks, so you better damn well be able to plug and play some of these guys. Get yourself some friggin' corners to play in the nickel or, you know, get, play on the edge. Get yourself some edge guys to help um, bolster that offensive line. Shit, they've got how many picks? Uh, got a dozen. A dozen. Man, y'all should be taking like seven offensive linemen. Yeah, uh, I mean they can they can do a lot of depth building with this. You, might, you may as well try to you may as well try to have a depth guy at every single spot in the line. Um, but yeah, Paris Johnson, my number one, my round one pick. All right, Alex, that means you are the GM of the L.A. Chargers of San Diego. You've got seven picks, all of them in your traditional rounds. Uh, pick 21 is the pick in round one. What are you doing if you're the Chargers GM, if you're sticking and picking or if you're maneuvering? What are you doing to help get the Chargers to win a fucking playoff game this season? Tommy, to let's go to the rescue. Yeah, well, he's got, a, he's got his work cut out for him. So hey, what are you yeah, doing? What, what can I say? What can I say? Hey, hey we signed some guys. And we didn't lose no guys. So we're virtually the same team, all right? So you can expect the same results. Yeah, choking. Uh, listen, I, I think you guys, yeah, you went and got Eric Hendricks. I don't think that stops you from taking a linebacker. I think your offensive line is fine. I, you do need a tackle, to be completely honest. But, again, I don't see anybody falling that good at 21. Yeah. Um, I think uh, a big thing that you guys need to get to, and I and, and we've talked about this, is – your defensive line, your front seven is absolutely atrocious. Yep. You guys cannot get to the quarterback to save your damn life. So at 21, I, I think old Tommy Telesco, short stick, dumbass, who doesn't know how to do anything and kept a shitty-ass head coach that we have, needs to hope and pray that Van Ness or Tyree Wilson is still sitting there at 21, and you need to grab that motherfucker. Yep, get an edge rusher because we know that with the Chargers, Bosa and Mack can't stay healthy on the field at the same time. And if one of those guys are done, then it's, the pass it's rush is crazy that like that even has to be said, considering you have those two guys. But holy hell, you need some depth at that position because they are two of the most unreliable guys at that position, despite being two of the best guys at yep. that position. That is so a I, fact. I think some depth there was getting you there. I think a good defensive lineman. And I'm not talking about a pass rushing defensive lineman. I'm talking about a big-bodied motherfucker that can plug up two offensive linemen, a center and an offensive guard, and just absolutely shit down the throat of any running back that tries to come up his way. Yeah, because Lord knows they haven't been able to stop the run, so interior defensive line to help that is obviously a big key. All right, let's switch it over to the NFC. We'll stay out west. Matt, you get the lovely job, which there's actually an opening for, uh, the GM of the Arizona Cardinals. You've oh, got yeah. eight total picks. You've got the third overall pick in the MF and draft. What are you doing with three? Are you sticking and picking? Are you trading because some team's desperate calling you to try to get up to three to draft a QB and you're taking a King's ransom? What are you doing with that first pick you make? Knowing that this year is basically going to be a lost year anyway, what are you trying to do to build for the foundation of the future? 
Uh, I'm going to listen to anybody calling for that spot, um, depending on what stacks up in one and two. Um, If not, and nobody gives me a sweet enough deal because I'm not going to completely waste my first-round pick uh, because I'm going to pretend like I'm a smart GM. Um, Could you imagine if Bryce Young goes one and then the Texans don't shit the bed like you guys are saying and don't take a QB, how many teams are going to be calling the Cardinals at three? Oh, there's there's Cardinals. probably five teams that will call. Cardinals has to be sitting there trying to do some kind of collusion with the Houston Texans to not take a quarterback. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think the Cardinals are smart to trade out of three, whether the quarterbacks go one, two, or not. Look, I don't know who's going one. I agree. So I ain't worried about it. I yeah. agree. I don't know which team is going to be the one to do it, so I'm not going to try to guess right now. And it's not the principles are exercised right now. If they stick, I'm taking Will Anderson. Because they need some edge help. Because guess what? They lost J.J. Watt yep. and Chandler Jones. They yep. need to rush the passer. So, if yep. they, they're going edge, if I not, they smart moves to trade out. All right, Alex, you get to be the GM of the Rams where you guys normally say fuck them picks. But guess what? You've got 11 of them. Uh, you don't have a first rounder, though. you got to wait till pick 36, which is a high round two pick, obviously. Um, but you've got 11 picks, and it's a opportune uh, – draft to absolutely build the roster especially potential starters and depth what are you doing with that early pick what are you trying to address to get your team competitive out in that western uh division yeah you know first of all i'd like i'd like to go ahead and i'd like to thank sean mcstay uh for not quitting on the team uh, as soon as the season ended so you know thank you thank you for that um, unfortunately we sold our souls to the devil to win a Super Bowl and that was it. We thought we were going to get two and that didn't happen. So are, so are you trying to replace Ramsey with that pick 36? Um, I think they need to seriously consider that, but I think something that the team needs to look out for is they need to look at a tight end or an edge rusher early in the second round. I will put up one more question for you as the GM. Pick yeah. 36. If he is there, are you tempted to take Hendon Hooker? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, I have to chime in because. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. We're happy to have Matt here. He's done wonderful things for us. But let's be real. If we're able to plan for the future and a guy like Matt Stafford can come in and mold Hendon Hooker, I think that would be a great asset for the team in terms of our longevity and availability to win down the road. That might be one of the best. Uh, scenario like out of all scenarios in terms of timing, fit, need, all that. That would be some shit right there. Right. That would be that would definitely be some shit. All right, Matt. How about uh, you are? I mean, you get to be Johnny Lynch, Matt. You're the GM of the 49ers. You've got 11 picks in the draft. You don't have your first pick until round three, pick 99, and then you got all your compensatory picks after that. You got a shit ton. You have a huge question mark at QB because two young QBs, injuries, what is it going to be? You brought in Sam Darnold. Obviously, the rest of the roster is loaded. So what are you trying to do right away, round three, knowing that technically the quarterback situation is a question mark, even though when they're healthy, you think you've got a guy. The defense was top in the league pretty much built everywhere in skill position on offense. So I'll ask you this. 
Do you go and address the offensive line to make sure your quarterbacks don't get hurt anymore? Or are you trying to build the secondary that was susceptible to the big play? Which route are you going first? Well, since I'm big Johnny Lynch and I like to lay hits and hit people hard, um, I'm going to hit the NFL with a hard one. And if there's not clamoring and I don't hear anything, I might pass it to my pick. I might try to snag myself a little headed hooker action. Because guess what? I know that I'm starting the season off shitty. I'm not a quarterback that's going to be plug-and-play immediate right away anyways. So guess what? I'm going to give myself an insurance pick. Now, granted, that puts me in the same position I just did with Trey Lance. But, hey, uh, you know, I like to uh, take risks because I got everything else I need really almost anywhere else on my field. They ain't uh, doing that shit. Other than that, <laughs> um, I'm now they ain't doing that shit. I'm kidding. It'd <laughs> be great. It would be awesome. I would love it. I think it would be hilarious because um, it would basically be doing, like, you know, double take. But, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the secondary because we cannot afford to give up any big plays, and uh, we need to lead the NFC, even though we're going to be not so great at quarterback. Um, yeah. We're, we just got to survive until they get him back healthy, basically. So Basically, we're going to plug and play as many guys. We're going to try to get as many plug-and-play guys as we can to try to fill in our secondary. Yeah. And, so we're not giving a big place because we could get to the quarterback and we need to make sure um, that any throws that do slip through fall in our hands. All right. We're going to uh, move it on. We're on a good pace here. Alex, you get to be the GM of your Seahawks out in the Western Division. You've got 10 picks. You got two in round one. You got pick five and pick 20. You got four picks in the top 52 and five picks in the top 83. And you crushed the draft last year, and you're primed to absolutely crush it again if you make the right picks. I'll pose two questions for you. One, do you stick and pick at five and 20? And if you do, who are you targeting at five and 20? And then the second part of that question is, are you tempted at all to take QB round one, QB of the future, knowing you don't have to play him right away because of the Geno Smith extension. Yeah, so I think this is one of the more interesting teams available. I'm not even going to talk like I'm their GM at this point. I'm a analyst here. <laughs> they do not have a position of need at quarterback because of the success that Geno had. How? We don't know how long that success would last. So, right. I think it would be extremely interesting if Anthony Richardson does not go first overall to the obsessed Frank Reich Carolina Panthers. Yeah. You, yep. Yeah, I'm saying it. It ain't Bryce Young. It ain't CJ Stroud. That's not who they're obsessed with. Okay. Um, if he somehow falls past Carolina to five, I think that's the guy they take at five. Is it a wise decision? Absolutely not, because now you're paying a rookie quarterback the number five pick. Yeah, money, guaranteed. Like that, I, that's the thing that's stupid to do for a guy that's going to sit for two years. But similar skill set to to Geno Smith, um, also extremely unreliable, just like Geno Smith. So I, you know, it seems like it makes sense. Yeah, that fifth overall pick, if it was to be Richardson, the breakdown would be it's it's a thirty four million dollar total value with twenty one million signing bonus so 55 million in value the cap hit for the first year is six second year is seven third year is nine 
fourth year is 10, and then the fifth year option, it would be uh, 21. So yeah. that would be the breakdown if you took QB at five. Now, if they right. got somehow to the point where they got to take QB at 20, you're talking about going from a $55 million total uh, value in the, in the uh, contract to only a $23 million total value. So if somehow they can get the QB at 20 and not at five, that is obviously the smart financial play. There's no way in hell Anthony Richardson is going five or higher. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to beat you again and uh, predict the pick. Oh, well, we're, predict, predict the pick is going to be a doozy in a couple of weeks. But yeah. anyway, so, I like the um, bold strategy, Cotton. I think the Seahawks are primed, as we said, to have another great haul, uh, depending on what they – what they choose to do. Yeah, so I, I like it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see them go Jalen Carter at five, assuming they don't get a trade offer that's worth it to them. Um, and they don't, they're not interested in QB this season. Yeah. Um, that's something I would look at for them. I would also look at the wide receiver position for them as well. I think that's something that they would, they would consider very highly. Obviously you want to pair somebody with DK Metcalf. So. Um, yeah. And that might that. be more realistic at 20 than five. Right. No, I, I think so. But like considering, you know, two of their top needs, being safety and linebacker is the shittiest I've seen in, in terms of a draft class in a long time. So I don't, I don't see them going there at five. I think they, yeah, I think they're, they're not going to be a team. I think that drafts based on need because the value won't be there. So they're going to yeah, value for the positions that they need to fill is definitely not there. Jalen yeah. Carter would be a good fill for them. I mean, I know he's got some legal issues or whatever, but that's been cleared up. Yeah. Carter um, at five and a receiver potentially at 20 might be the best bang for your buck. That, I think that's best case scenario for the Seattle Seahawks. Do they do it? I'm not so sure. Like I said, right. I think if, I think if Richardson is sitting there at five I, I, and they're getting chatter that someone above below them is going to take them, I think I think they take them. All right. NFC North, Matt, you're the GM of the Bears. You traded out of the first overall pick. You've got pick nine now. Uh, you loaded up on picks because of it. You got 10 total picks. You got DJ Moore um, at wide receiver in the trade. That's technically a first-round pick. You know you're going to have multiple first-round picks next year, but you're sitting at nine. You know how bad you've been on defense. You're supposed to be the monsters of the midway with the front seven. So what are you doing at pick nine? Are you addressing the front seven on defense, or are you going in the trenches on offense? No, I'm going trenches on offense. Um see i want to start building in front whether fields is going to be there or not i think you will um i think you're going to do i think probably going to end up seeing paris johnson available there um most likely if not then you're taking skronsky all right skronsky also a northwestern chicago kid could be a perfect fit i, I like that i like good draft day storyline yeah, good draft. You know, they, they love their storylines. Speaking of storylines, Alex, you're the GM of the Packers. You got 10 total draft picks. Your first rounder is pick 15. You know you might have more picks because this trade is looming with Rodgers. So let's assume Rodgers on the Jets. The trade gets done. Jordan loves your QB technically. You bought, you, you got yourself maybe a, a two uh, a two and a four this year in the draft, so maybe you've got a dozen picks. But what are you doing at 15? Are you helping Jordan Love, your new QB, or are you getting more starting depth on that defense where you've addressed uh, first-round 
in the past, especially this last draft when you went with uh, defensive line and linebacker? Are you helping your QB or are you continuing to build the defense? <laughs> okay. Okay. First of all, <laughs> we're having way too much fun with the New York Jets to even be focusing on what the hell we're doing in the draft in two weeks. So let's, let's just That's cut true. And let's now. face it. You haven't helped Rodgers. <laughs> why are you going to help Love? <laughs> okay. Seriously? I think what they need to do is they need to address the wide receiver position because that's been the biggest complaint that they've had the last two seasons. You keep signing old guys that can't do shit. Yep. You got, for Christ's sake, your best wide receiver last year was Alan Lazard. That's absolute trash. Yeah, so, I mean, 15 is a prime position to take one. All right. So, so listen, wide receiver, wide, uh, over there, wide receiver absolutely needs to be a position that we take. Um, at 15, there is no other position I think is valued more highly by this organization than the wide receiver position at this point. We have already stated Jordan loves our quarterback. He's the one we're going with for the future. And yet we're still holding on to Aaron Rodgers because he is obviously better than Jordan Love. So <laughs> um, wide receiver for sure. Um, I also think that if they don't go wide receiver here because they're not happy or it's not a scheme fit, they could go tight end. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see them go tight end. I like there's two scheme fits I like for them. Uh, Michael Mayer, the tight end at Notre Dame, seems like a yep. great scheme fit for them, mm-hmm. um, especially because of the way that they like to run the ball and go play action. So putting an inline tight end, good scheme fit. And then we see how they like to go West Coast with the slot wide receivers. Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers could be good scheme fits at 15 as well. So we'll see. Matt, yep. you've got Motor City Dan Campbell as your head coach because you're the GM of the Lions. You've got Lucky two first-round picks. You got pick, or you got pick six and pick eighteen. You've got nine total picks in the draft. Uh, what are you doing in round one, knowing that your offense was a finely tuned machine last year? Your defense was atrocious. Are you taking? Are you making both picks in round one, and are they both on defense? I am taking both picks. I am taking both on defense. I am going to assume that Mister. Gonzalez is going to fall to me out of the great state of Oregon. And I am also going to strongly, strongly consider trying to get a little bit of back. And, may, and you know, we may pair another corner. corner. That would be a little bit ballsy. Um, so I get Deontay Banks. Them, you know, why not? Um, I will say that I am against the uh, Carter pick here, in my opinion. I know a lot of people want him there, but hey, whatever. Um, and I'm probably going to look at maybe a guy like Miles Murphy. Um, get another guy to keep uh, pursuing a quarterback because we need to have Aiden Hutchinson get a little bit of help. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. if you give Aiden Hutchinson a, a, a dance partner on the other end, that's a exactly. big deal. We got to tackle the defense, and we got to be able to take some kneecaps out while we do it. Fair enough. I like that. All right, that means, uh, Alex, you are the GM of the Minnesota Vikings, who won 13 games somehow last year. Uh, You've got round one, pick 23. You've got only five total picks, though. You saw how terrible and soft that defense was. Is defense in round one or defense at pick 23, is that the only way to go? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, When you go ahead and look at what the team has, right? Uh, their, their pass rush was slow. They don't have any more corners. I mean, damn, they lost Patrick Peterson for, and, 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 and Eric Kendricks and Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, they're, they're Tomlinson is the guy that we know in New York Giants. Awesome guy, huge run blocker. Ne- wish he never would have left. 
Uh, Patrick Peterson's one of the best corners in the league. Eric Hendrick, also another another really good linebacker. So the defense, as much as it struggled last year, uh, is going to struggle even more if they don't address those needs. Um, I think cornerback and linebacker are probably two of their biggest uh, positions of need, but they also need to find a way to fill that goal, that hole that they have in freaking the wide receiver room because they've only got one. That is true. And now he's a great one, but it's still only one. No, he's one of the best. Jake Jennings is one of the best out on the field right now, but he's the only one. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that assessment. Um, All right, let's go NFC South. Matt, we'll take you to uh, Atlanta. You are the GM of the Falcons. You've got seven total draft picks. Uh, You've got the eighth overall pick in the draft. This is a very interesting scenario because I think you can do a couple of different things, but you know you're young at quarterback, you're young at wide receiver, you're young at running back, you've got an established offensive line, you've got a defense with a ton of holes. So do you continue to build young on offense or do you finally start to get some elite talent on defense? No, we got to start taking some guys on defense. I don't care how desirable it might be to snag some playmakers. Um, I think at, you know, eight, you're still able to get top tier talent in edge department. Yep. Um, you might at Tyree Wilson. Um, you might be looking at Miles Murphy. That might be a little bit high, but hey, you know what? You might, you need I think to get- Nolan Smith right here might be the match made in heaven. Ooh, okay. 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 But that's okay. just my opinion. Okay. You got the Georgia, you got the hometown kid. They need elite edge rusher, kid playing on turf with elite speed. I mean, yep. who knows? And honestly, hell, if he's there, false, Gonzalez could be a nice tag there. <laughs> yeah, Gonzalez would be a steal. I know they've got they've got the all pro with AJ Terrell. They made the trade for Jeff Akuda. You can move Akuda inside. You got Gonzalez. Now you got three pretty star studded corners. That could be a that could be a big deal. So we'll see. But I'm with you there. I think you finally got to start getting some elite talent on defense. All right, Alex, you get your favorite freaking team. I know you knew this one was coming. You are the GM of the Panthers. You've got the first fucking overall pick in the draft. Please tell me what quarterback you're taking number one overall. Yeah, I mean, you know, I alluded to this earlier. So let's just let's be serious. You know, Frank Wright. Frank Wright's a great head coach. He's always been a great head coach. He just had some bad luck. Uh, we love Frank Reich. We love we love his decision making process. We also love who he is obsessed with and wants to gag on for the next five. But years. you're so, also the GM of the Panthers, who is the same GM of the Seahawks when you took Russell Wilson in the third round. That's right. Um, you know we we love the success that Russell Wilson had. Obviously, the the biggest comparable there is Bryce Young um, in this year's draft. But uh, that's not who Frank Reich wants. Frank Reich wants what Frank Reich wants, and what Frank Reich wants is a very underdeveloped Anthony Richardson so he could turn him in to the next non-Pro Bowl quarterback of the NFL. All right, so your t- your strategy is to go ahead and listen to your head coach because you th- he thinks he can mold them into a better version of Cam Newton. I am dead-ass serious in the fact that I, re- I genuinely feel the Carolina Panthers will take Anthony Richardson. Boy, that would be the biggest I am not flop. I am- I am not even bullshitting. I would genuinely consider not watching the draft if he goes number one overall. Well, well I mean, I'll watch it, but I'll just that. be so shocked at them blowing that pick. But anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll take a drink. I'll take a drink for Florida Gator fans if that happens, because that's just wild as shit. But uh, all, all listen, Florida Gator fans will be laughing I, their asses all the I way am, off. I am not 
I'm not kidding. No. If you take a look no. at what they have done. No. Right? It didn't work with Sam Darnold. It didn't work with P.J. Walker. It didn't work with Baker Mayfield. Damn sure it didn't work with nobody else. I think. Well, and you'll have Panthers fans that say, hey, the last time we were good, we had Cam at quarterback. Exactly my point, right? The only time that they've been relevant is when they have had a quarterback who is mobile and can kind of throw down the field. And I, I give Richardson a lot of shit, but despite his inaccuracy. But he can do those two things. He can run and he can throw on the run. Those are the two things that we we talked about this two years in a row. Why the hell is he standing in the pocket and throwing? He can't do that. Let him roll out and throw the ball. That's the only time he's good is RPO. So. Yeah. If you go and look at if you go and look at Carolina Panthers offensive line, it's not that bad. It's in it's in the top half of the league. Oh yeah, they don't Ikki need Kwanu that, and Taylor Moton. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't they don't need a guy that can stand in the pocket. They need a guy that can move with that line. And I and I genuinely believe that Anthony Richardson is the guy that they're going to take because of because of his tangibles, because of what Frank Reich likes to do with his quarterbacks, because of the schemes they like to run, and because what that that executive organization is used to going with. I mean, hell. Russell Wilson was a mobile quarterback when they took him. So everything in, and, and I don't think it's the correct pick. Don't get me wrong. All here. history I, points towards Richardson. I do not think it's the right pick under any circumstances, but I right. genuinely think Richardson will. I mean, be if you were a real GM, you wouldn't even take Richardson round one. Hell no, I wouldn't. I would, I would take, I would take, I would take Bryce Young. I told you guys, Bryce Young was one of my top guys the last two years in a row. I felt like he was going to be good. Um, I like Will Levis over CJ Stroud. You guys give me shit for that, but that's just the way I see it. And then, and then, and then CJ Stroud is next and everybody else is a, is a second round talent. Yeah. All right. Fair enough, Matt, you get to be the GM of the new Orleans saints. You've got eight total picks. Your first round pick is pick 29. Obviously you had to do a lot of salary cap gymnastics, but you're there. Uh, you know what you've got. You got Derek Carr, you got Alvin Kamara. You've got Chris Olave. The defense still has plenty of good players on it. So the question for you is, with that first pick, are you addressing the offensive side of the ball to continue to build the skill and playmakers around Carr, or are you trying to load up on that defense? Uh, what I think is probably be stupid, but that's just me. I think they'll probably they'll, – they'd be – Dumb enough to take like Darnell Washington here or something. Um, yeah, not a fan of the guy. I think he's just a. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to go on a whole tangent on that. Um, I don't think he's a first round talent at all. Um, probably Zay. If he falls, Zay Flowers can pick our weapon. Um, or if he somehow falls, why not I get a little bit of uh, Van Ness? Sure, up your defense. Van Ness, yeah. Action in there. Um and tax quarterback. Yeah. All right. I, I don't like I think Van Ness would be a great value pick as a pass rusher that late in the in the first round. Um, so we'll see. All right, Alex, you get the clusterfuck that's the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, you've got nine total picks. Your first pick is number nineteen in round one. Are you sticking and picking at nineteen? Are you trading up? And if you stick and pick, where do you go? And if you trade up, what do you do? Um, yeah, see, this is an interesting one for me because yeah, Bucks are in purgatory right now. Yeah, I mean, they they lost Brady. Everything went to shit. Um, not getting any better anytime soon. Um, 
I mean, if for Christ's sake, they're thinking about riding with Kyle Trask as quarterback. I mean, how bad of an organization do you have to be to know that that guy is not, you know, yeah, your I mean, guy? Trask I mean, and Baker Mayfield, that's your battle. Yeah. Okay. Baker Mayfield couldn't even win the job over Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker, so let's be serious. I know. I'm with you. So what are you uh, trying to do there in round one? Listen, if I was Tampa Bay, I would I would find a way. Do you try to move up to get Will Levis? No, I don't think Will Levis is making it into the top five, buddy. Um, there's they oh, don't have maybe enough. maybe somehow you finagle your way to get up to three. Yeah, I mean they can try to get to three. They can try to get to try to get to five. I, I don't see it happening. Um, they don't have enough capital over the next few years to even get a trade like that done. To be completely honest, I think that they need to find a way to shore up the offensive line, and that's going to require them trading up whatever capital they have, two twos and a three. And this year's 19 to, to move up. Um, they they got to find a way to do it, but they, they need to shore up the offensive line. They lost a lot of guys. Yep. Um, they shored up their defense. So I don't think that's as big of a need as people think it is. Um, especially with Jamal Dean. I know he's a corner, but the guy plays a deep, deep box safety. So he, you'll see him in the back and we'll him on the edge with the one. Um, I, I, Listen, they went and, you know, they, they, they re-signed Levante David. Obviously, they went and got Baker Mayfield. They lost Noches or Nacho, if you want to call him that. But um, I, I think that they need to find a way to move up and, and grab one of the, the top offensive linemen. I, I, I don't see it for them. They can't trade back because there's nothing that they're going to get for the 19th pick, and they don't yeah. have enough to move up into the top 10. So, All right, last but not least, you boys knew this was coming, the <laughs> NFC East. Matt, you get to be the GM of the – ownerless Washington yeah. commanders. You've got eight total picks. You've got pick number 16 right now. The depth chart at quarterback is Sam Howell, basically. Um, what are you doing at 16? Knowing that you're young and inexperienced position. Uh, you've got a pretty good front seven on defense. There are some playmakers on offense with Terry McLaurin Brian Robinson at running back. Are you trying to continue to build this offense, or do you need to get more depth in the defensive secondary? Well, we all think that – I mean, again, I'm going on a limb here. The NFC East could be a passing division all of a sudden. You're going to probably want to make sure you can slow down any kind of passing threat with the emergence of some young quarterbacks and an old guy that still thinks he do it in the regular season. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he falls, you know, maybe snag a guy like Porter, although I don't know if it'll be that low. Um, you know, it could be a perfect slot for him. He's going to be a fit. He's going to be a need. Um, they definitely need the secondary help. Um, why not grab a pretty good lockdown corner? Um you know, just making one of a crazy wrinkle pick here. Yeah. Why not just slide in and get Hedden Hooker? I mean, you got you don't want to really pay him first round because he probably isn't first round talent. But the NFL seems to love to force quarterbacks into the first round. Of course so, they do. That's the headlines. So, you know, you could probably sit him or you can, you know, give Sam Howell on and then go, hey, kid, you're in least short because that is picked by guy. So, yeah, fair but enough. I, I think you're going to corner. Um, just because you're going to have 
The Giants attempting to try to pass the ball a little bit more, most likely. We know that the Eagles are going to attempt to try to pass the ball, and we know that Dallas likes to pass. So That they do. Speaking of Dallas, uh, Alex, you are the GM of the Cowboys. You've got seven total picks, all of your original picks, uh, including your round one pick 26. So basically with that round one pick, the question for you is, are you looking for a Dalton Schultz replacement or are you looking on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I'm really concerned on is how I can get to pick 24 to fuck the New York Giants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is football. Um, listen, I know everybody's like, hey, they're really big on, they're really big on defense or they're really big on tight ends. We all know that they're really big on tight ends. It's been their signature position forever. Um, that being said, I don't think tight end position is is really that good in the draft this year. I mean, you could take one of those guys in the third and fourth round and probably get the same production out of them if you did in the first round. So you could. That's that's what I think of the tight end position. Um, I, I mean, they've got. I mean, other yeah. than Dalton Kincaid and 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 Mayer because of the scheme fits, it's it's, it's again another very steep drop off. So um, if Kincaid is there at twenty six, I think they take him. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 I mean, if if you look at the guy, he's you're not going to get a guy 240 pounds that can catch the ball and have yards after the catch and block at the wide receiver position, and that's what Don Kincaid can do. So, um, if he's there at 26, don't be surprised to see him go there. Um, right. I think I think they definitely need to shore up the defensive line. One of the one of the issues they had was making or getting you know stop and, and finding a way to get to or create some pressure on the quarterback position. So um, I think that definitely needs to be a position that they address early on. But uh, I don't know if anybody's really going to be worth it at twenty six, especially when the team sat at twelve and five. That's true. All right, Matt, you are the GM of the Eagles. You lost in the Super Bowl. You've got six total picks, but you've got two in the first round. You've got one at 10 and one at 30. And the question for you as the GM being uh, that you've got a pretty well-rounded roster is, are you just sticking and picking at 10 and 30, just letting the draft unfold and taking the best guy? Or are you trying to uh, maneuver and get a little cute? Um, I think because I'm the Eagles, I like to fuck the NFC East any which way I can and any direction I can. I'm sticking at 10 because I'm going to get a guy that I know is going to be able to play and Rexham has on a team that already made it to the Super Bowl. Assholes. Um, I think they're sticking and picking, truthfully, and I actually really do believe that. Um, I think they'd be wise to. Why not? Maybe they get at it at 30 and slide up somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe they get a little aggressive. Um, but right. if, you don't, if you don't say who they're picking, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. I mean, honestly, I think they could go. I think they could go a couple different ways, dude. I know you know it who they're sucks. picking. Be serious. And it sucks any which way. They're probably going to pick Bijan Robinson, and I'm going to win. Exactly. Because that's going to fucking suck. Like they don't need Bijan Robinson. Like fuck, please don't pick him. <laughs> okay, well, their only running back is Rashad Penny, and he's on the back half of his career. So uh, I'm going to actually disagree. But I, 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 they need him. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, they don't yeah, they've him. got a lot of flexibility. They can do. A, they're going to get a great player. They get potentially at ten. That, if they get any any inkling that Bijan Robinson is going past ten, they're packaging ten and thirty and moving up. 
maybe, yeah. Or it's happening because it's, yeah. because it's Philly. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, potential. All right. Last but not least, you boys knew this was coming because this is just the theme of how this show goes. You're both the GM of the New York Football Giants. You've got ten picks in the draft, including round one pick twenty-five. Here's the question that I'll pose to you both being the GM of the New football giants is does pick 25 or round one, does it have to be a pass catcher? No. All right. Alex says no. Matt, what do you say? I'm actually going to say yes. All right. So Alex, if it is no, and it doesn't have to be a pass catcher. Well, hold on. There's a caveat. No, no. You already said, no, you already said, you already said, yeah, you can stick to it. So, Alex, because you said oh, no, okay. it doesn't have to be a pass catcher. What are the options you're looking at? I am looking at best player available in the corner and offensive line position, whether that be a tackle that can swing on the inside or a guard or a center. That's what I'm looking at in terms of best player available at 25. I'm not a fan of any pick outside of the top 20 or outside of the bottom 20 because those are all just late or those are all just early second round picks to me. I mean, you can, you can get any level of talent within that range. You're just stuck paying. You, you're at the value of paying them a, a fifth year contract. So I think for the New York giants pass catching while they've met with that position more extensively throughout this draft. And it's probably the position they're going with. I think it doesn't have to be that if, if there's a receiver that they think is, is not top three at that position group and will fall into the second round, they can wait for them. Um, and they can go for another position of need. We need a corner. We need a center. We need a guard, right? Like we need to we need to address those positions. So I think I think that would be something you look at. All right, Matt. Just to play devil's advocate and be on the other side, because you said yes to pass catcher. Who is the pass catcher? Then at twenty five, ideally you would be targeting. Is it wide receiver or tight end, or do you have a specific guy? Oh, I already know who they are. I mean, I like Zay Flowers personally. For he's going to make it there. All right. I think he will, to be nope. honest. He's small. He's not going to make it there. Who? You got you to remember. Have you watched any of the pressers this offseason about what they're looking for in the wide receiver position? All right, Alex. Go ahead and enlighten us all. They're looking for guys that have the best separation. Well, I mean, there's not a ton of separators besides guys like Quentin Johnson, Jalen Hyatt. Versus a playmaker. So you're going to go with a playmaker. Quentin, Quentin, there. Now, no, no, I, I understand that. That's, my caveat. that's what I was trying to say. My caveat is if Zay Flowers is there, you're picking Zay Flowers. If he's not there, then you're doing exactly what Alex said. You're going best player available at quarter or best player available at a swing tackle. All right, so then here's my, here's my other question that I always ask you guys this time of year during this episode is, who is the guy, and you know where I'm going with this, that you absolutely do not want the Giants to take at 25? Can I have more than one? You can. You certainly can. But if we're there at the bar and it's pick 25 and you say, if they motherfucker, I'm out. Who is it? Uh, Josh Downs. All right. So Alex says Josh Downs, wide receiver, North Carolina. I got a couple, to be completely honest with you. Who I, else I got, you got, Matt? You got one? I mean, I really – I genuinely, for once, don't like – Okay. Jameer it's Gibbs? Where, it's where they're sitting. It's 20 fucking five. J- Jameer Gibbs at 25. Not happy with that. Okay. 
Um, freaking uh, God, because I feel like this would be a massive reach. Uh, tight end position we're talking about. I, I, I would say Luke Musgrave. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be thrilled by that. Yeah. Okay, that's, terrible. That's, that's um, guys that, you, you, dude, I can name 45 guys in this draft that. No, that, no, 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 no. I'm just saying guys that I absolutely don't <laughs> want to see at that position. I mean, that's fair, but I mean, that's like. Going I mean, a little you can't broad. say a guy projected to go round seven and say if they take him at 25. It's yeah, I'm be- not saying that. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm talking about guys that are like second round going in the first. Like I, those are guys that I'm like, I'm looking at like, oh, God, hell no. You know what I mean? Remember, dude, that's the problem with this draft, though, is that going to probably happen I, in a while. I, I, I mean, it happens every year, but this is why we're asking who is it that you don't want them to take because of that. I mean, uh-huh. I'd rather them – I mean, I've seen them – I've seen a couple different mocks of them taking my boy Stevenson from Miami. If they swear, if they pick him at twenty-five, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He ain't right. first. So talent. see, like, if I'm if I'm a Giants fan and I know what the team needs, like, please based don't on pick- position. But like, if they go ahead and they draft Jalen Hyatt at twenty-five from yeah. Tennessee at wide receiver, basically sure. a a one-trick pony. Listen, uh, straight down can, the field you can, receiver. You can say that. You can say that now, but I, I have a very strong suspicion that that is who their pick is going to be at at twenty five. Oh boy, see, I would they, not be happy they, about that. They met. They met with both Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt extensively, more than any other wide receiver at their pro day. Well, then if I'm you boys, that is not who I want at 25. And, they're ho- and they hosted him for a top 30 visit. And yeah. they've been in constant contact with him and his reps. Like, I feel like wide receiver, and I said I don't think they have to do this, but wide receiver is a position that they are going to absolutely go with at 25. If, well, then if that would not be Matt the one said, I would want. If Matt said Zay Flowers isn't there, we know JSN's not going to be there. We know Quentin Johnson's not going to be there, right? If If – if Jalen Hyatt is there, I feel like that's who they're going to go with at twenty-five. And oh. I, I don't, I don't want to see it, but I feel like it's going to happen. Yeah, I oh, will. I I'm will drink be- whiskey for you if that's the pick. I mean, I don't necessarily like the guy, but I mean, I do know one good thing about him being a quote-unquote one-trick pony. He does move well, and quite frankly, they have not had a receiver. That I mean, he happens. moves well, but everybody makes it seem like he's got this ungodly speed. He ran four four two. It's I mean, but remember, remember, dude. You're okay. Wait, you got to think about it, dude. You're talking about like a four three four 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 five. Bro, he's a day yeah. two wide there's receiver. Yes, there's differences between a four three and a four five, but at the end of the day, field speed is more important. You want to so, know why? You want to know why I don't like Jalen Hyatt? You want to know why I don't like Jalen Hyatt? Go ahead. Because Jalen Hyatt was primarily a special teams returner the first two years of college and then had one good season with Hendon Hooker. Oh, look. I'm not. Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask. Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. It's the same shit. The guy has one one decent season at wide receiver, and everybody and their mom wants to suck the guy off. There's a lot of parallels there. He's it's not definitely. good. We're looking at we're looking at drafting the same wide receiver Look, in the first round three years in a row. Get I don't the want fuck him. out of here. I, I don't I don't want him. I'm just simply making the argument on the devil's advocate side of this. Yeah. If he is the pick that you think that he seems to be, I feel like he is. I mean, hey, I told right, so, you the receiver I want if he's there. It's a- yeah, you want Zay Flowers? We get it. Alex thinks that if they can get a top tier corner, that's ideal. Yo. Or pass rusher, we'll see. 
All right, so that means next week we're doing our one and only mock draft. We're not like all these other stooges who release, you know, a dozen mock drafts. We do one fucking mock draft. Yep. We rotate the picks. Alex, you, because it's the Panthers with the first pick, you're making the first pick. Matt, Anthony you and I will be after, right be after that. So, well, right uh, Anthony, I'm already telling you, Anthony Richardson. <laughs> well, you're the GM. You can make the pick. So you don't have to tell the listeners now, but we are doing our mock draft. It ain't who I pick, but that's who is going to be picked. Well, fair enough. So that's what we're doing next week. It's going to be a great show. These next two shows are honestly some of our more fun ones to do. We'll have our mock draft, and then obviously the night before the draft, we will have our predict the pick show. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be good entertainment. There's going to be plenty of uh, conflicting opinions. So I'm looking forward to it. I know the boys are as well. So for myself and Matt and Alex, it's been another episode of Pound the Pigskin where it's all football all the time, and we'll see you next week.